A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, the Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. I know I say this all the time, but it's good to see you in a very particular way today, as we all know what's over that ridge. And I, and I really mean it from the depths of my heart. It is good to see you because. It could have quickly changed, couldn't it? Do you realize how close we were? Do you see how flimsy our world is, by the way? If the wind was going in a different direction, we would not be here right now. You realize that? How utterly close we came to being our little town being wiped out. It could have happened. So again, I don't say that to, to, to make it more emotional, but just how, again, whenever natural disasters happen, it, it unveils how flimsy our world is, truly is, and how important it is to always be ready. As our Lord says, we neither know the hour nor the day. And I think in a particular way, we pray in thanksgiving to God first that we're here, Praise Jesus. We have our homes. We have our health. And so we pray for those families that are affected by it, because not everybody is scathe-free. And we pray for our firefighters as well. Some of our prisoners are on the front line. And so we pray for their safety and for them to gain, to gain control. So we're going to pray hard. So as we bring our prayers to the altar today, let's bring this, this ordeal for a swift end. But most of all, again, thanksgiving to God, another gift we've been given. Huh? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, you parents in here, and I think you, you'd, you'd say it, you'd understand that 
if your child was ever sick with a terminal disease. Sadly, it happens more often than we think. There isn't anything you wouldn't do to cure your child. If there was a doctor on the other side of the world, in the middle of a jungle somewhere, you would fly and trek through that jungle to get to that doctor who had that skill, that knowledge to heal your child. Nothing would stop you. If it would cost you your entire life savings, and then some, you would pay whatever it costs to heal your child. You would, in fact, you would even switch places with your child. Every parent here would understand that. Without even blinking, you would trade places. That's the Canaanite woman today. Look at the details beautifully laid out in the gospel. Now again, every first century Jew would have immediately recognized the power of the details here. So remember, to garner the depths of sacred scripture, we must understand it through the lens of the first century hearers. The gospel begins. In the region of Tyre and Sidon. Why that detail? We'll come back to that later. But it says here that a Canaanite woman of, the, of that district came and called out to Jesus. Why label that woman as a Canaanite? For the Jew, for the first century, he would have immediately known this people. You see, the Jewish people hated the Canaanites. If you remember, as Moses was leading the Israelite people out of slavery, and he brought them to the promised land, they had to conquer the promised land. Because the promised land wasn't simply an empty place. It was filled with other people already living there. And one of these tribes that the Israelite people had to fight were the Canaanites. And so for the Israelite people, the Canaanites were one of their mortal enemies. And not only that, they were a hideous people with horrible practices. If you go back to the book of Wisdom, chapter 12, verse 3, you'll, you'll hear the descriptions of the Canaanite people, of what they did. In Wisdom, chapter 12, it speaks about them worshiping these false gods. But not only that, but they would take their sons and daughters and they would sacrifice them to demons. So they would take their children and offer it to demons on their, on, their, on their sacrilegious altars. And if that wasn't even the worst case, the Canaanites practiced cannibalism through their sacrifices. So this is the people that this woman is from. And so now you can kind of understand the reaction of, of this scene that unfolding before us. So when this Canaanite woman is coming forward to Jesus, and all the remember, he's surrounded by the apostles now, this Canaanite woman comes, immediately the, the, the apostles are saying, ah, you're one of those people. We hate you. 
but the Canaanite woman does not care. Calls out, Lord, have pity on me. My daughter is tormented by a demon. She's possessed. She goes to Jesus, even though he's an Israelite, even though they're mortal enemies, but she understands that Jesus is that doctor across the world in the middle of the jungle whom has the cure. And so she goes to Jesus, cries out, Jesus, heal my daughter. And somebody who was possessed by a demon, by the way, it's an ugly, ugly condition. I hope you've never, I hope you do never see it, but it's a real condition. People think, oh, demonic possession, that's a, that's a, nice, that's a nice literary device. It's a nice something in the past. All across the world, by the way, the uptick of exorcisms have skyrocketed. You're seeing this trend as, as our civilization gets less and less religious, by the way, the uptick of demonic possession increases. We have literally at the Vatican conferences, dioceses, nations saying we're having this tremendous surge. We need help because they're ill-equipped. That's why every diocese is, is, has an exorcist that's designated for that specific ministry. And it's an ugly, and it, ugly this condition, and it affects the entire family. And so this woman comes, Jesus, my daughter is possessed. She's affected by a demon, tormented. Silence. You see, many people at this point will we'll give up. Ah, Jesus doesn't say anything, so they stop. But not the broken heart of a mother. She stays. She's not there for herself, is she? Jesus, heal my daughter. And then the apostles pipe up. Jesus, tell her to get away from us. She's irritating. Now, if the first group have not been disheartened by the silence of God, now at this second obstacle, many others will fall away. The ridicule that comes with following Jesus, the ridicule of looking silly, the ridicule of looking down upon, that will dishearten many people but not the Canaanite woman. Not the heart of a mother who wants to heal her child. She persists all the more. Jesus, heal my tormented daughter. She's sick, she's dying, she's hurting. And then the next response of Jesus now. Most people, if they've already reached this point, who have not left yet, they surely would have fallen away. Because look what Jesus does here. Looks at this Canaanite woman and says to her face, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Jesus just called this Canaanite woman an animal, a dog to her face. Now remember, for us 21st century people, we love our dogs. They're our family members, aren't they? We dress them up with cute little sweaters. We give them cute little collars. 
They sleep in our beds, don't they? Hmm? You, you probably spend thousands of dollars every year feeding our pets. Which is fine. We love our dogs. Nothing wrong with that. But not in the first century. They're animals. They're filthy. They're disgusting. They sleep outside. They eat all kinds of garbage. They're beasts. And so Jesus just called this woman, hey, you want something from me? You're a beast. You're an animal. Does she leave? Not the heart of a broken mother. She stays because she knows she's not there for herself. And I love the response that comes next. Oh, this woman must have been witty. Because the vast majority of people by this point, if God calls you an animal to your face, you would have turned around, went home. She says, but Jesus, even the dogs eat the scraps. And it was at this moment that Jesus finally opens up and breaks through. You see, the, the reason why our Lord waited to this point to finally speak up to the Canaanite woman was because he was testing her faith. Oh, woman, great is your faith, for you have not left. Most people would have been gone by now. And so what the Lord now does here. As great is your faith, let it be done now as you wish. Your daughter is healed. And it was at that moment now, because of her persistence, that Jesus holds up the Canaanite woman and says to the memory, surrounded by the apostles, Behold, your mortal enemy. Be like her now. Stay strong in your faith. See, that's the lesson that the Canaanite woman lays out before us in this gospel. Do not give up on your faith. Even you pray, you pray, you pray, and what do you hear? Crickets from God. Most people will stop at this point. What am I going to pray for? Nothing has happened. They stop praying. It's the first group. Persist. Even in the face of ridicule, you tell your friends, Oh, by the way, I'm praying for the fire to end. That's cute. That's cute. You and your little prayers. Ridicule. Or the media who makes fun of us. I don't need your prayers. Right? You hear that often? Keep your prayers to yourself. We want action. What is that saying to us? Keep your fairy tales to yourself. Let's rely on our own strength and power. No. Stay strong in your faith. Persistent. Jesus wants us to be like the Canaanite woman. So much so, her response now, you and I have learned. What do I mean by that? In the beginning, when she calls out to Jesus, she says, in the original Greek now, it's again, it's more powerful in the original language, First thing she calls out to Jesus is, Eleison me kirie. Have pity on me. Eleison me kirie. Do you recognize that? 
You said at the beginning of Mass. You said, beginning of Mass, when I asked you to call to mind your sins, we called out to Jesus, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison. You see now, the response of this Canaanite woman has woven its way into the sacred liturgy from the very beginning. It is to remind the church now to be like the Canaanite woman, to never forget the response of the woman when we all want to give up our faith when times get hard. We want to stop practicing our faith, we want to stop praying, we want to stop coming to Mass. Why? Because it gets hard. And it happens to us all. But the beauty of the sacred liturgy now says, ah, when you're tempted to stop coming to Mass, to stop praying your rosaries, to stop living out the faith, be like this dog. <laughs> Be like the Canaanite woman. And every time we come to Mass, we repeat her faith. Fall down on our knees. It says here, the woman did him homage. The same response when we're before God. Fall flat on our faces. Worship him and never stop. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.